It's time for Town Talk with Wyndham Town Manager Jim Rivers. And it's brought to you on the first Tuesday of every month by Prime Matera's Recovery. The facility is on Milk Street, Nash Street, Willimantic, headquartered in East Hartford. PMR operates state-of-the-art processing facilities in Canastota, New York, Orangeburg, South Carolina, and, oh, yes, Willimantic, Connecticut. You can learn more at PMRInc.com as we welcome in the Wyndham Town Manager, Jim Rivers, who must be coming down from his sugar high after trick-or-treating on Main Street last night. Jim, good morning. Good morning, Wayne, and thanks for having me again. Yeah, I, I might have taken a few candies from the children, but I do like chocolate. It is my weakness. What about candy corn? Uh, I got some of that, too. I have stashed it away for today. So I have not had any candy corn, but I will I will partake later today. What is the attraction of that stuff? I'm not a big fan of it myself. Are you a candy corn guy? Well, they, they say sugar is like cocaine, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I can't explain it, but I love sugar. I, I'm not, you know, I don't eat candy corn any other time of the year like most people, but uh, I, I guess it's just a novelty. But it's like pure sugar. It's like taking sugar tablets, right? You, you take down those. Well, getting real here, it was a great event last night, and it was also a great safe event last night. Yes, uh, as far as I know, we didn't have any uh, reports of injuries, uh, you know, thousands of children and parents and other people and a lot of great costumes. The weather was cooperative. We had town hall looking great and scarier than ever. It's not too, you know, it's not too far from uh, the truth there. We've got bats uh, and vultures on a regular basis around town hall anyway, but we had it dressed up pretty good for Halloween and uh, it's been a tradition for about five years now. We've uh, used the town hall as a as a great trick or treat spot for everybody. Now oh, I love it. So now we're in November. And by the way, last Friday there was an art reveal on Riverside Drive, right behind the radio station. Tell me about the public art project back there and what that means to the town. Yeah, you know, uh, Willamette Public Art is uh, an organization that's been in place. Uh, it's, a, it's a small group of folks that got together. Uh, a couple years ago, recognizing you know to accomplish a few things. One is to we had we had some uh, some blight going on. We had people painting and uh, and uh, vandalizing places, especially right in the city. There, uh, we did catch those folks, by the way, and uh, they were punished accordingly uh, with fines and uh, and other things. But uh, some of the fines went into uh, uh, the the what the town would call the blight or beautification fund. Or it's from blight fines, but then we uh, we turn it around and use it for beautification. So we we made a, a small donation to this group, and it's uh, it's Matt Vertifay and uh, and Dee Dee and uh, a few other people that uh, put together uh, a group that would go around and clean up the messes that were left by other people, but also make things beautiful where maybe it wasn't so beautiful. Like on Riverside, you have that fence line there that kind of looks into the railroad. And uh, they put a whole bunch of uh, uh, nice local artwork there uh, on four by eight sheets of plywood. And please, if anybody wants to go down there, just drive down Riverside. You'll see, I think it runs about 180 feet uh, along Riverside Drive. And it's, it's a lot of good art. And so we had the reveal on Friday to celebrate that, but they've done a lot of things around town. The all the uh, control boxes you see, the communication control boxes, those those little 
you know, I call them four by four uh, by two boxes that kind of hold uh, different uh, utilities in them around town. Those are all painted up, and that's that's partially done uh, by uh, by this group as well. But it's uh, you know they're doing a great job. And again, we had probably 60, 70 people there at the reveal on Friday afternoon. And while we're in that neighborhood, Riverside Drive, the one that goes parallel to Maine, right behind the radio station here next to the railroad tracks, there's a change coming that is different and interesting. Tell me about that. Well, we, it's, it's part of us. Uh, so we're changing around the parking area. And the uh, Riverside Drive has, if you go from one end to the other, uh, well, actually it goes beyond where it, uh, Riverside Drive ends at railroad and it turns up towards the light. The rest of that road that seems to be Riverside Drive behind the Foster Building is actually town property. That's not a road there, although it is used as, uh, or I call it the raceway, where people cut through and they and they catch back up to Main Street. But uh, we're going to be changing that all around. You've got the construction on Foster. At some point, we're going to block off the back of that when, when bigger equipment comes in. Um, but that whole area con- contains about 170 parking spaces. Um, on top of that, we are about to acquire, after 20 or 15 or 20 years of trying, a slice of the railroad property behind the Foster Building over the fence that will hold another 80 cars or so. So we're, we're going to be reconfiguring that whole area. But what you see most recently is changing the pattern of the parking right behind the radio station. And it's, it's I call it a more modern, uh, engineered parking area where the, where the parking spaces are in the middle and the road sort of goes around on a one-way basis on both sides, and that's just more efficient, it's safer. And we're going to also reconfigure the way the bike lane goes there because that is where the airline trail travels as well, and we want to make sure people are as safe as possible. So and you see a number of changes there. Uh, the engineer, the town engineer is involved with Public Works, and they're just trying to, to change things up a little bit. But we are going to be changing the path of the airline trail once it gets over to railroad, which is the, again the road that goes up to Main, straight up to Main Street between the Foster Building and the Sign uh, Company, and that uh, bike travel lane will go up there to the light where it's safer to cross, go across the road, head over to and go through uh, Jilson Park or Jilson Square, right by in front of the, the uh, community center, over to Valley, and then on its way uh, to Milk Street into the trail. So we're trying to get away from that big corner. I know everybody that's been on the airline trail there, you don't know where you are. You got to, oh my gosh, you're, you're like a squirrel with all kinds of cars everywhere trying to get through there. We're trying to make it safer. And uh, so you're going to see some changes there on the path of the, uh, the bike trail. And I want to just make it clear from a visual standpoint for the listeners who may not be aware this is going on, that if I understand it correctly, you will essentially be having an island in the middle of what's now Riverside Drive, which is where people will park, and then cars going by it, and you have to go, for the most part, eastbound on that because there's a one-way street farther down to the west. But the cars will go on the outside of that island that will be in the middle of Riverside Drive? Yes. Uh, My understanding is that the cars will park in the middle instead of being up against the fences, if you will. Uh, the cars will be in the middle, and there'll be a travel lane on each side of the the, the parking island, if you will, like you've described, and they'll go one way. But then you'll have a loop on the end before it turns one way. Uh, you'll have that loop, so that'll be easier. People won't have to back up, you know, if they they go down there and find out, oh, my gosh, this is a this is a one way coming at me. They'll just be able to go, you know, turn and just go around the loop. 
So it, it should be more efficient that way. And then you'll have, again, you'll be, you'll be backing, pulling in and backing out to a one-lane road instead of that two-lane road. That makes it a little safer. Again, I'm not an engineer, but uh, there's, there's some rational thinking behind the, the change. In, uh, uh, again, I think they're working on it. I don't know how far along they've gotten on yesterday, but they've, they've been working on that new uh, pattern. Uh, we'll see. But there's more to come in that whole area. It's just, that's just the beginning of some changes. And we're going to do a better job of marking the trail uh, as, uh, as we go here, too, so people know where to go. And I got to think the bikers are creatures of habit. They're going to kind of want to keep going straight eastbound on Riverside Drive, the part that really technically isn't Riverside Drive. So will there be some kind of signage on there that says, don't go straight, hang that left turn here to go up to Main Street because there is a signal there and it's safer to cross the street there than it is where what's left of Riverside Drive eventually comes out to Main. Yes, that's correct. So so there'll be some temporary signs. Uh, once uh, Mr. Kelly... Uh, blocks that offers construction, but again, I think it will be uh, once his, his temporary signs uh, and warning signs will be gone. Then we'll probably put permanent signs uh, as well. But the, the temporary signs will be, you know, bigger and brighter, and I'll say uglier orange signs, safety signs, and then we'll transition probably to uh, the permanent signs uh, for everybody. Let's move a little bit farther east on Riverside Drive with what we used to call the Willie Trust Building, is now called the Foster Building, Jim. What's going on there? Looks like some of the progress has come to a halt for a while. Yeah, unfortunately. Hey, I want to go back, Wayne. I I forgot in the fog of the morning here. Uh, there was a there's a trio there with that woman of public art, and uh, Chris McNabo is the other person. I I just we were talking about so many things, and I just want to mention her. She's put a lot of work into that, among with other people too as well. But wanted wanted to put a shout out to uh, uh, Chris McNabo as well. Uh, the other thing on uh, Riverside Drive before we go over the Foster Building is. Another reason to create those single one-way lanes is to try to slow the traffic down over there. That I've stood over there, and I know you work there, but uh, people use that for a cut through that Riverside Drive, and then continue on up to that 45 degree on the Main Street, and they're going really, really fast there. So again, narrower lanes, even if when sometimes when they're painted narrow, but this in this case they'll actually be narrower. That should slow people down a little bit, and uh, that's the science behind it. But anyway, Foster Building. Yeah, uh, Mr. Kelly, Martin Kelly, is the owner of that project. And uh, things have have gone. Uh, they go for a bit, and then they slow down, and then they go for a bit, and sometimes they slow down. Um, uh, we're disappointed, to say the least. But, you know, uh, there is progress slowly being made. It's been They've been quiet there for three or four weeks. But he's coming in this week again uh, to get back uh, fired up and do some more work over there. Uh, there's quite a bit done inside there, believe it or not. It doesn't look like much from the outside, but they're, they've done a lot of work inside, and uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident that he's going to continue on. He's got quite a bit into this right now. So, uh, But, yeah, the, the project's going a lot slower than we hope, but certainly not as slow as, say, the Hurley Building, the Murray-Hurley Building, or the parking garage or the community center, which those three projects took us uh, – you know, 15, 22, 23 years, respectively. And uh, I just want to remind people that not everything goes that quickly, um, but as long as we're going forward, that's that's what's important. Well, the president of the Jim Rivers Fan Club, who likes to ask you questions, and that's okay, just email me at wayne at wili.com, says, last Friday, our household received a special alert phone call from CT Alerts and the Willimantic Police Department about a missing woman. By the way, we got one here, too. This was about 10 a.m. An hour later, we received an updated message that the lost woman was found. 
The listener would like to know why they don't receive a call like this from the town of Wyndham or the Willimantic Police Department when there's a serious event or a threat happening at Wyndham High School or ECSU. We've had a few instances like that recently. Can't the town trigger an alert message for some of the streets and neighborhoods that surround these schools if there's a possibility of a threat? The parents, guardians of students were notified about the previous lockdowns at Wyndham and Eastern, but shouldn't the surrounding areas be notified too, especially if there's a person or persons of interest that could be in their neighborhoods that they could be on the lookout for? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. So we, we have the capability to what they do, what they call a reverse 911, where we can put out messages to, uh, you know, all phone uh, numbers of record um, in in particular areas. I don't know how pinpointing we can get there. If we can get down to a street, I don't know if that's possible. Maybe it is uh, with with the data the way it is today. But um, you know, back to the school. Um, in, in those cases, we've had several, uh, as as you mentioned or that the caller mentioned, um, several. Uh, false alarms at the school, and, and we can't, of course, uh, uh, stand down and just assume it's a false alarm. So the PD, RPD, state police, school system, uh, they've had a few lockdowns based on, uh, you know, some of those threats. Um, but th- there was never any evidence of uh, that threat becoming uh, any danger to the public. So if, if we thought there was a, a madman running around the neighborhood with a, with a firearm, uh, we would use all the tools at our disposal uh, to communicate with people, as, as we have before. We have used that reverse 911 at times, uh, and uh, it, it does work, but we don't take it lightly. We use it only when we really have to. We don't want to alarm people uh, if we don't have to. Uh, but in, in the case of those school lockdowns, uh, there was never any uh, identified threat uh, that we, we could even communicate to anyone. But, they get again, it's a school system. They take... Uh, the utmost of precautions, uh, just just to make sure before we clear, you know, we clear the building, make sure it's really clear. All right. Well, thanks for that answer. Uh, leaf pickup has just begun. That's a big deal in town here. So, what do we got to know about picking up what's today wet leaves? Well, uh, so there's the story. Uh, we talk about this every year, Wayne. Um, just for everybody's uh, information, we we started this week. It takes us about three weeks to do the 90 miles of road in Wyndham. And uh, we have three crews. We have three giant vacuum leaf-sucking trailers that go on the back of a big truck. And uh, it takes, I think, uh, four or so public works people per crew. So we've got 12 of our approximately, on a good day, 20 public works employees sucking leaves for three weeks. So um, it takes us that long to get around. Like you said, when it's wet, uh, that can slow us down, if not stop us. Uh, from doing that, so it can even delay that uh, pickup even more. We try to go around again because we'll keep sucking leaves as long as there's leaves out there, but don't bank on it. The weather can sometimes turn on us. Frozen, wet leaves do not go up into the vacuum. So once the weather turns, we've had to stop early, you know, and sometimes we can keep going, into, you know, even into December, but don't count on it. Make sure you get your leaves out on time. Follow the schedule. Uh, and it's on it's right on a banner right on the front page of the town website and uh, follow along with that because we may not come around again get it out there the first time let's go to the uh, department of medicine department here and you know we've still got a pandemic going on Wyndham got 12 new cases over the weekend however 
to give equal time for some of the stuff we talked about earlier, haven't the numbers gotten a little bit better in the last month since we talked? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we are getting better, but it's still here. And now we're going in, you get to November, December, when it's flu season or virus season once again. And this is, you know, one of those really nasty viruses and it, you know, could come back. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball. But if you look at the, these curves of uh, infection, uh, for New Englanders, we get hit hardest, you know, coming around November, December through, you know, March. So um, it's we had a bit of a wave here through the summer. It was a pretty good wave, uh, even with, you know, a lack of tools to measure what uh, we've got because we're not, you know, we're not really uh, uh, giving out uh, things in a manner or, or testing people in a manner that is recording all the infections that we have because there's a lot of home testing going on. And some people, you know, they get that sniffle or cough, cold, whatever they, you know, they could have it and they just, you know, plow through it, especially if they're vaccinated. So there's a lot of folks that might have gotten infected. We don't even have a record of it. Uh, but the numbers that we do have are going down uh, for the moment. So that's encouraging, but it's not going away. This thing can, continues to change and vary, uh, you know, one variation after the other. And uh, I don't know what the future brings us. Hopefully this thing won't won't turn into something that we can't control at all. But uh, for the moment, it is getting better. That's correct. State numbers show Wyndham with 44 new cases in the last 14 days and 26 in the last week. Moving along from that, do we have an RSV problem around here? We've seen all these stories about kids in hospitals and stuff. What have you heard about that being a situation for this neck of the woods? I have not heard of a, of a big problem. I'm not to, not to say there's none of those cases around here. No, I have not had any uh, indication that we're having any kind of surge of that in our area yet. But there are places in the state that are getting, uh, you know, this surge. And, I'm, again, I'm not a doctor scientist, but uh, uh, this sounds pretty serious. Um, again, this, these viruses, they tend to morph uh, as, as they progress. And it sounds like... Uh, and, you know, something's happening here to the to the children. And, I, I again, I'm not a doctor. We're going to keep an eye on it. The health department will certainly notify me if we start having problems locally. Um, but, again, not, not aware of any major problem in Wyndham. Again, another reason to be very cautious um, and, uh, you know, pr protect your children when you need to be protected. You take advice from your doctor. That's, that's what we tell everybody all the time. Consult your doctor. Do not look at Facebook. Uh, you know, you can believe me or not believe me, but I'm not a doctor either. Um, just consult your doctor, especially when it comes to the care of your children. Oh, I got all my information from Twitter. You mean I shouldn't do that? I, I thought Twitter was dead. That's what I heard. Mm, I heard something about that, too. And while we're on the medical department here, is monkeypox a dead issue? Did we ever have a monkeypox issue in town here? Uh, no, I, I don't. Again, I, I heard uh, that we had one case here but i don't i couldn't even verify that I, I was hearing it third hand from other people uh but i again not a problem and i think nationally it doesn't seem to be uh a really uh serious outbreak i mean it's a serious problem if you have it but uh not a serious outbreak at this time and certainly not in connecticut or in Wyndham. That's good. Election Day is one week from today. Do the Wyndham voting spots stay the same as they've been in the past for this election? Uh, yep, same places as usual, the, the three locations. Um, 
and uh, Wyndham Centerfire, VFW, and Elks, uh, same time, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, there are, uh, again, I did, while we're talking about elections, you know, you see a lot of signs. I don't know where these signs are coming from, but uh, there's a lot of signs. The candidates. <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, I think they're reproducing themselves. Uh, but we, uh, we don't allow signs on town property for anybody listening, except for the corner uh, where, the, where the big electronic sign is, but not in my flower bed, please, or our flower bed, the people's flower bed. Uh, around the front there, the signs can't get too big. They should stay the size of, you know, the, the two-by-two or whatever that is. As a tradition, we've done that. And it sort of lets people know that there's an election, too. Not that you wouldn't know anyway if you drove around. But uh, if, you, if you need to plant signs in all the town's property and you don't have lawns to put your signs on, you, you're probably not doing too well. You need to get out and do some more campaigning. But we don't want to litter up and create a lot of sign pollution on our beautiful town. Uh, any more than there already is during election season. So that's the one place you can put some signs. But please don't put them up anywhere else. Public Works will take your signs down, uh, and we have been taking a few signs down in different places. You kids, get out of my flower garden. Well, speaking of that, you know, 51 years ago today, they moved me temporarily to the morning show here at WILI, and it's still temporary, by the way. But regular listeners know that over those 51 years, I go in a soapbox and I say, you put up all your political signs, it's an election, I get that. But when the election's over, get your damn signs down. Get rid of them and all that. I go on a real big campaign about that. You just said something interesting to me about the town would take down a sign in a public spot before an election. Would the town be at all responsible? Well, it's a bad choice of words. But would the town at all take the initiative to get rid of some of those political signs after the election if the candidates leave them up? Well, um, signs are a little tricky. <clears throat> Our normal regulations, people have rights, and some of these rights overlap, right? We have, uh, we can't take down signs or the size of, or dictate the, the size of a sign on a private private property. So, for us to go start uh, some process where we could go remove signs on private property, uh, if that's what you mean, Wayne, uh, that would be very difficult to do. You tell them I said they could do it. <laughs> But on public property, certainly, uh, you know, we, uh, me as the, the chief executive officer, I, I can manage and dictate what occurs there. Uh, but, again, we're going to be cleaning those up beforehand. And, uh, you know, I think people will take their signs down. You know why? Because they're, they're expensive and they might reuse them uh, in another cycle. So I, I find that people usually take their signs down. I always did when I ran for office. I, I always picked them all up. And, uh, you know, if, if they don't get them on the town property, we'll certainly pick up the corner after a few days if they haven't gotten them. But. Uh, again, I encourage everybody, hey, be responsible. Uh, we've got a wonderful process in this country of democracy, and the signs are part of that. And just uh, be, be responsible and pick up your signs afterwards so we don't have the litter. Amen to that. In fact, I actually know a couple of our local political candidates who I have inspired the fear of God in. And right after the election, they go out and take them down because they don't want me ripping them later on. I wish everybody would follow along. That's, that's a real bugaboo of mine. I give them until the weekend. In other words, election day is next Tuesday. They got till the weekend. But if they're still up on the following Monday, then I'm going to go after them with everything I got. All right, let's change gears here and talk about the, some economic development things, including what's up with the big development in North Wyndham. Yeah, that uh, again, uh, that's moving along. Uh, you know, I would say faster than than so many of the other projects we've had. You've got a a developer there that is. Uh, I'll call them a cash developer. They, they do this all the time around the country. They're bigger, and they, uh, you know, nothing seems to be slowing them down. But they did have to get a number of state permits to get their project off the ground. Uh, one of them we waited for a little bit was the traffic uh, study. 
uh, and uh, a few other things, uh, some archaeological evaluation, uh, uh, diversion, water diversion permits, and things like that. But they have completed that permit process with the state. Of course, they got through our process some time ago, and they should be uh, getting going with construction. I don't know if they'll get in this season because you can't do much during the winter. Uh, but, uh, you know, first thing in the spring, I understand they're going to be they're going to be going quickly, and, and again, that's to remind everybody, that's 136 housing units uh, behind Home Depot, a very nice, well-designed uh, uh, development, uh, a lot of modern thoughts, and I think half of the parking spaces are going to be uh, wired up for electric charging, so half of the parking spaces, it's all electric heat, so if people like to see that, it's uh, more environmentally sound. Uh, but a very well-designed project, and, uh, again, I think that's going to move very, very quickly. Uh, and then in a couple of years, that should be complete. They're going to whack that out pretty quick. And, Jim, what do you think we need more in this town, dollar stores or car washes? Well, you know, we look at data. We don't, you know, everybody gets emotional about the dollar stores. And uh, I've I, I heard the arguments. You know, I traveled up to Michigan to see my son uh, last month, and, uh Guess what I found in the middle of nowhere? If you've been up to the Upper Peninsula, I mean, it's remote up there. Every little town had a Dollar General in it. I'm not joking. Uh, that is the way. There's one in Willington. There's one in Eastford. There's one in Ashford. That's the way people are buying stuff right there's now. There's a new one in Andover now, too. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something between a convenience store and a, and a Walmart, right? It's this little, this little store. Uh, they're very efficient. That's the way people are purchasing things. And I know... People don't like to see them go up. I think that's number five for us. But on a per capita basis, when we start checking around the state, it's really not any different than anywhere else. And, and this is the way people are buying things. And, you know, I don't go in there very often, but it's a little general store, right? And, uh, you know, I package store, convenience store, CVS, Dollar General, they're, they're, uh, I, I don't, I'm not the judge to decide which one is uh, better for folks. Same, you know, it's some variation in all those stores. And, but anyway, we got a new one going up over there up in front of VFW. Uh, they're almost ready to open. So like them or hate them, they're, it's about to, to get open. And we have a new car wash out on West Main Street, and there's another one coming on the east side of town? Yeah, we're, we're starting to get uh, uh, paperwork for uh, a new car wash over in North Windham next to Aldi's and one of those em- empty lots. There aren't too many empty lots left over there, but this is something that's been in the works for a while. But we're starting to see, I'll say, regulatory, uh, you know, coming in for the regulatory process uh, at Town Hall for uh, another car wash there. We must have a lot of dirty cars around here. Jim, good stuff today. Thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me, Wayne. That's Wyndham Town Manager Jim Rivers with our monthly Town Talk program brought to you on the first Tuesday of every month by Prime Materials Recovery with facilities on Ash Street and Milk Street in Willimantic.